0: Musical Theater Writer Guy is recorded as a YouTube channel series on Muncie-Lenape and Canarsie Lands. The audio from each episode is also released here in podcast form. To watch or to learn more, please find us on YouTube or through my website at michaelratty.com. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-R-A-D-I dot com. Enjoy the show! Number one, big celebratory group numbers. If you have a large group of people gathered together to celebrate something or simply show their happiness or excitement, then a pop or verse chorus song structure can be very effective. Let's say you've got a group of people celebrating one of their favorite events of the year, a seafood feast on the beach. There's a character kind of leading the charge and giving gratitude, but everyone is feeling full and happy. Bam, you get this was a real nice clam bake from Carousel. Or what if everyone on stage is gathered together in a tavern and having a blast enjoying their drinks while the barmaid leads them in song? You might get, Oom Papa, Oom Papa, that's how it goes, like an Oliver. Or how about getting a room full of evangelicals to celebrate your fake testimonial as a distraction and delaying tactic? Sit down, you rock in the boat, anyone? If you need a group of people to celebrate something all together, what better way than writing a verse-chorus structure with a catchy, easy-to-remember, and super-singable refrain? Hey, everyone. I'm Michael Ratty, a.k.a. Musical Theater Writer Guy. Musical Theater Writer Guy. That's me. Welcome to my channel where I talk about everything musical theatre from a storytelling perspective. I upload videos every other Friday, so make sure to subscribe and hit that notification bell to never miss an episode. As a performer, composer, lyricist, librettist, musical director, and vocal coach, I believe that understanding effective musical theatre storytelling can help theater makers of all kinds to create high-quality art and entertainment. Whether you're a writer, performer, director, designer, producer, stagehand, audience member, a professional artist aspiring, or you simply love the theater, my goal is to present you with an informational toolkit that will enhance your theatrical experiences and help to bolster your enjoyment of the theater. Today we are discussing five uses for the verse-chorus song structure in musical theater. We already talked about number one, list, but there are plenty more to come. I thought this topic deserved a video after I teased back in the miniseries on the 32-bar chorus that verse-chorus does have its uses, even if it's not the main musical theater writing structure. It's a structure that we're all familiar with since it's been used heavily since the mid-20th century onward in popular music. I mean, turn on the radio and 90% of what you hear will be verse-chorus structure. So... What is this structure? Great question, whoever asked that. Um, Michael, it's five after. Let's get this show going. In pop music, this verse-chorus structure can take many forms and is often tweaked, but we can think of the basics as two verses, a chorus, a verse and a chorus, a bridge or instrumental, and then another chorus or two. We could write this out as verse, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, chorus and then we can add, delete, or tweak from there. As we talked about in the 32 bar mini series, this structure isn't really ideal for most musical theater songs, since the repetitious nature doesn't really allow us to explore topics and themes in depth to learn more about the characters or to move the plot forward. In fact, these tend to work best at moments of rest, at least in classically written shows. But let's be more specific and with more examples. Number two. Group think songs. Similar to the first category, these songs are where large groups of people would be singing the same music and lyrics because they're thinking or feeling the same thing. The major difference here is that they aren't necessarily about celebration. These come in many, many different forms. They're often patriotic pieces, which happen a lot in Americana style shows. However, I think my favorite example is Edelweiss from The Sound of Music. These are also really useful in moments where a group of people is being convinced of something or brainwashed somehow, like in the chorus of You Got Trouble from The Music Man, or in the anthemic and absolutely terrifying Tomorrow Belongs to Me from Cabaret. Or it could just be a shared opinion, like the chorus enjoying the taste of human flesh meat pies in God That's Good. Ah, <sighs> Sweeney. Number three long musical scenes or montages. Whether these take place at the beginning of a show, the end of act one, or somewhere in between, a repetitive choral refrain is an excellent way to weave together long bouts of spoken or sung dialogue. One Short Day from Wicked is an excellent example of how we could use verse chorus to have us all experience together a full day for Elphaba and Glinda within the Emerald City. But just in a few minutes. Les Mis begins with a lengthy prologue, but the actual opening number at the end of the day is a long musical scene during which we learn a lot about the time, the place, and the characters. And although really a chorus line is filled with montage moments, its opening of God I Hope I Get It is an excellent example of a mixture between montage and group think, which together get the show going. Number four, diegetic songs. Dude, Michael, always with the terms. Yeah, man, that's how we learn and grow and blossom. Diegetic songs are songs in the musical where the characters are actually aware that people are indeed singing. Most of the time we suspend our disbelief and we act as though the sung material is just these characters living their lives. But in these instances, everyone is aware of the singing. Much of the entire show of cabaret is diegetic since it's about a nightclub cabaret. Now these are excellent moments for a character to sing a pop sounding tune since they rarely have to move the story forward. Think Never Enough from The Greatest Showman or Bring on the Men from Jekyll and Hyde or any of the pop recording tunes from Dreamgirls. Now, before I get to number five, I am so excited to tell you all today that beginning this fall, I will be teaching and facilitating a brand new seminar class called Vocal Performance Level Up. Now, I want to let you all know that this class isn't for beginners or for people who are still learning the basics of their instrument. This class is for singers who already have a strong foundation and who are looking to make their vocal performances as healthy, captivating, and professional as possible. Now, this may mean that you're already working as a professional singer, but if you're not and that's a goal of yours, then this class would also be for you. I'm looking to cultivate a group of dedicated and hardworking individuals who are ready to uplift themselves as well as the work of their peers. The first section of this class will run this fall over the course of 10 75 minute sessions. Since this is a seminar style class where everybody will be expected to participate in both the performance and the feedback process, I will be capping the class size at 10. Yes, this does mean that spots are highly limited However, feedback is a foundational component of this class and I want to make sure that everyone has a voice in the room. My main goal is to help you level up not just your technique and your ability to tell story through song, but also your ability to self-analyze your vocal needs through observation, as well as giving and receiving feedback. For this first round of the class, the price will be $4.25 for 10 sessions with this select group, which is less than $45 per 75 minute session. All right, you may be wondering why a class like this? Well, in my experience with vocal education, I found that I didn't really enjoy always having to rely on my voice teachers for my vocal health. It's great that I had such wonderful coaches over the years who could teach me how to better use my instrument. But I found that when I didn't have access to them for a lesson, I wasn't sure how to know if I was doing what needed to be done for my voice and for my body. Sure, I knew when I sounded good or when something felt a little strained, but I didn't have the tools available to truly self-analyze, and no one was really teaching this to musical theater performers. But I've seen how having this ability can change a singer's life and open up an entire vocal world. It happened to me, it's happened to many of my students, and it can happen to you too. We're about to enter a new chapter in the book of musical theater, and I want to make sure that those who are dedicated to this craft can begin that chapter with great technique and ability, sure, yes, but also with the confidence that they have the tools available to them necessary to sing with health and with freedom. It's just too important, and to be able to uplift others as well, well. That certainly doesn't hurt at all. So, if you would like to join me for this fall's Vocal Performance Level Up class, head on over to michaelratty.com to contact me and set up a free consultation. We'll hop on a Zoom call together to chat about your goals and why you think this class would be a great fit for you and for where you are in your vocal journey. I want to make sure that we are curating the right group of individuals, so this call will be important. But since there are only 10 spots maximum available, don't wait too long. Okay. I can't wait to chat with you so soon about how we're going to level up your vocal performance. And so finally, number five, jukebox musicals. Now I'm using this term broadly to refer to any musical in which the entirety of the score is popular tunes that already existed previously. There's more nuance here, but that's for another day. Shows such as Mamma Mia, Jersey Boys, Jackie Little Pill, American Idiot, and even Movin' Out, these are all shows that use a pre-existing catalog of music and still find a way to tell the story. Oftentimes, this means that the music and the lyrics remain unchanged and the stage action generally reflects the tones and the themes of the song. Rarely are the lyrics being used as actual dialogue on stage and often the storytelling during these songs takes place mostly with dialogue interspersed or with movement. These shows definitely use the other four categories as well, but I thought we could be more specific about how jukebox musicals can really operate in their storytelling entirely through verse chorus song structure. And there it is, my friends, five ways in which verse-course pop structure is useful in musical theater. It may not be the most common song structure across the genre, but it can be a darn useful one. Alright, fellow cast members, now it's time to hear your thoughts. If you like this video and are interested in hearing more, make sure to hit that like button. And, more importantly, leave a comment below. Let me know what you thought about today's topic. Did I leave out a category? Are there better examples out there? Or... Just let me know what are your favorite verse chorus songs in musical theater. The theater is a community and I want this channel to be an extension of that community, so I really do want to hear from you. And if you'd like to join our Patreon community with more information and more access, you can click that link in the description below knowing that I could not do all that I do without you and your support. The next episode will arrive in two weeks, but in the meantime, consider joining me for Vocal Performance Level Up, and you can check out some of my other episodes here. Thank you all for being here with me today, and I'll see you again soon. Cheers.